Hello everyone, welcome back to the Basketball Mind Podcast. I'm Jordan, and I just want to talk about this first, well, sort of half week in the NBA since the NBA just opened up this past week, and I'm very excited about that. Some teams are off to a great start, while others still have things to figure out, but it's still early. Some teams have only played two games, some teams have only played one, so this is a very small sample size to go off of, but I wanted to give my general impressions of NBA's opening week, because I've been been looking forward to this moment all summer, and I'm just excited for NBA basketball to be back in full action, and just seeing all these teams compete, and see what they can do. Oh, I got, sorry, I got like a really, a minor cough, but I'll I'll make it through. So without further ado, I just want to talk about opening night, Celtics and 76ers and Lakers Warriors. Now I will admit, I wasn't able to catch a lot of the Celtics and Sixers game because I was at work during the time, but I was able to catch the Lakers and Warriors. But from what I've seen from the Celtics and 76ers, Celtics got off to a hot start. Uh, they So far, they're answering the questions of whether or not they can still be a dominant team despite Ime Udoka not being there and an assistant coach taking over the realms of a head coach. Seems like it, it didn't affect their play style at all as they were doing their thing and... Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are just balling out, averaging around 25 points a game through two games so far. And there's also a pretty hot start. Everyone's playing well. Malcolm Brogdon's really embracing his role coming off the bench, being that facilitator and scorer. And, I mean, the Celtics look poised to make potentially another finals run if they keep up the momentum. And... They're going to begin Robert Williams the third back. And I, I'm not sure, a couple weeks, probably next month maybe or so, they'll get Robert Williams back. And he's going to add a whole new element to them defensively. And they're looking pretty scary in the East. So I don't really have much to say about them. I've seen enough and just they've kind of answered my questions so far. Now it's still early in the season. It's only been two games and... It's a long way to go, but so far the Celtics are looking pretty solid, and that's what I like to see. But on the side of the 76ers, Parmy is happy that James Harden is playing really well. He's definitely kind of shut the haters up or the critics about whether or not he still has it in him to being able to be an efficient scorer. And he's definitely showed that so far, scoring 35 points in the opening game. And then just obviously he's going to distribute the ball well with double-digit assists. Just want to pull up that one, that game. Just see how he did. <clears throat> yeah, he had 35 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists on 9-14 shooting. So that's 64%, which is pretty efficient. So James Harden came back to play. Tyrese Maxey is doing his thing, Twenty had 21 points in that game. But, I mean, so far, for the Sixers, I've just been pretty disappointed in Joel Embiid. He's not, like, from what I've seen, he doesn't look like he's in the 
in great shape. He's trying to play his way back into shape. And you can definitely tell through the first two games. If not the first game, definitely the second game because he played bad. Well, well, I'm going to say, um, let me see. Yeah, there's no way to cut it. He played atrocious in the second game against the Bucks. Had 15 points, 12 rebounds on 6 of 21 shooting. That's just not really acceptable. They, they need more from him. <clears throat> and Harden, once again, played well that game with 31 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. I mean, mainly the Sixers problem. I'm looking more so at Joel Embiid going back to MVP level. That type of production that he did last season. And then it's obviously a plus when you see James Harden dropping 30 on back-to-back -back nights efficiently as well, as I should say. Shot over 54% in that second game. So James Harden is scoring efficiently. But it starts with Embiid, then with Harden, and then all the other guys. Maybe Maxi would be the third guy. And then they'll figure it out. Like, they are they're 0-2 to start the season, but... Granted, they did play the Celtics and the Bucks as their first two games, so it's you you take it how it is. I'm not really concerned about the Sixers because those two teams that they face could easily come out of the East, and it's so early. So Embiid just needs to step it up, and then they'll be they'll be pretty solid. Now moving on to the Western Conference. <sighs> I don't even know what to say. I don't know why this team keeps getting nationally televised games when they've proven time and time again that they've just been a major disappointment. And I hope that I don't have to talk about them all season long. Actually, I probably won't talk about them all season long because there are way other, there are more teams I'd rather talk about than the Lakers. But let's talk about the first game. Now... I'm not going to fault them too much for losing the first game because it was against the Warriors defending champions and all that. So we all knew the Warriors were going to be good. Just watching the Warriors, they obviously coming into the season healthy. They have a deep bench, probably the deepest bench that they've had in quite a while. So they're going to be a dangerous team to watch out for. Curry, Poole, Clay, everyone's just playing their part, contributing, and it's no surprise that they kind of steamrolled the Lakers in this game. But on the side of the Lakers, it's pretty much the same problems and concerns that almost everyone has had with them last year in the offseason and coming into this year, the lack of three-point shooters. And this is just kind of what I find mind-boggling. I feel like the Lakers are trying to play a style of, they're trying to play a certain style, but they don't have the right pieces to do so. Like they're trying to do a drive and kick type offense to people who aren't known as bona fide snipers from three. And at some point, you just, I feel like you just have to place your strengths. If you know your strength isn't shooting, then try something else like getting to the realm or running the break getting out in transition because I feel like that's where the Lakers are kind of that's what they do bet best because they're not gonna shoot out shoot teams from three so 
I just think that they need to kind of change up their play style because defensively they've looked solid their first couple games. Like I'm, like it probably you probably didn't see it much in the Warriors game, but definitely in the Clippers game defensively they looked pretty well. I'm just trying to think because Westbrook had five steals. He had back-to-back steals on Kawhi as he was trying to post up. Now, obviously, I don't want to kind of bash Westbrook, but in that Clippers game, he did shoot 0 for 11, which is, yeah, no no matter how you slice it, 0 of 11 is 0 of 11. That's piss poor. That's pitiful, honestly. But... <clears throat> I mean, yeah, like the Lakers play, they just need to change their play style for real. They need to stop settling for threes and just get to the basket. LeBron can get to the basket whenever he wants. AD can, AD's pretty much going to be down there anyway because they're trying to, they're making him play center. And Westbrook, he can slash to the basket. So they just need to attack the paint more, I feel like, to at least give them a chance to put up points because defensively they look pretty solid. They just need to find, come up with a good offensive game plan and just make sure the spacing isn't atrocious. <laughs> but, I mean, that's probably as much talk I'm going to get on about the Lakers because <clears throat> they're 0-2 for good reasons, and um, it's, it, it's not looking good for the Lakers this season. I'm going to just be honest. It's not looking good for the Lakers. <clears throat> um. And then there was a lot of games going on throughout this week. Wasn't able to catch all of them, sadly. But I was able to kind of check out highlights and clips and just see, kind of get a feel for what's going on in the league. And, yeah, I'm just going through these recent past games. It's a lot to get into. But one of the games that stuck out stood out to me was the Magic and Pistons, mostly due to the fact of Paolo Bancaro's debut. 27 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists on 11 of 18 shooting. Now, I'm not expecting the Magic to make any type of play and run, but Paolo Bancaro is a future. Like, he is legit. Hopefully, he can keep up he keeps up this momentum and being a running for rookie of the year. Another rookie that's been impressing me so far is Jaden Ivey from the Detroit Pistons playing alongside Kay Cunningham and I'm just excited to see more from him and just watch him improve and grow throughout as the season goes. I mean, as for the game itself, it's two young teams going at each other. And, I mean, the Pistons end up winning 113-109. And these are just two young, fun teams that are cool to check out if you're just looking to see, like, young talent just play. But nothing too serious in terms of contention right at the moment from either of these teams. Just thought it would be a cool tidbit to throw in there. Now, my favorite team, Miami Heat, are 0-2 right now, losing to the Bulls and the Celtics. I honestly don't know what's going on. I haven't really checked out any Heat games at all. I know it's kind of sad that I'm a Heat fan, but I haven't seen any games yet. But all I know is that Tyler Hero is in the starting lineup. So I don't know if that has something to do with their struggles or if it's just a bigger issue. Well, actually, no. I did check out the a little bit of Celtics and Heat game. And when I was watching it, I just remember seeing two plays of just Dwayne Deadman. 
like one play was him shooting a top of the key three and then the very next play he was posting someone up and did a post fadeaway and bricked it and at that point I was just like what are we doing what are we doing why are we running our offense through Dwayne Deadman and I think Bam was in foul trouble too at that point so I mean it's a Celtics they're one of the best teams in the east so I'm not really swearing it but the Bulls this is where I need some answers. How do we lose to the Bulls? Because I have no idea. <clears throat> and I'm not going to get those answers through the box score, it seems like. But, I mean, yeah. All I got to say is that it's only two games. He got to step it up. And, yeah. <clears throat> Nothing. Not hitting the panic button just quite yet. Not quite yet. But let's, I'm going to move on to Thursday's game where, and I kind of touched on these two games earlier, but Thursday's game, you had the Bucks and 76ers and Clippers and the Lakers. Um, I mean, so for, this was a Bucks' first game of the season. They came out with the W, and this guy say Giannis looks, Giannis looks like Giannis. Like, I don't know much else to say about him. Like, he came ready to play, and, yeah, the Bucks they still don't have Chris Middleton. He's still out with an injury, so it'll be interesting to see how they'll be able to stand up and just kind of make it through the season. So this was the second game that the Sixers dropped. Once again, I talked about Embiid struggling during this game shooting-wise, and, yeah, <clears throat> he just needs to turn it around. Now, the Clippers and Lakers game was interesting to me. Because, like, I was talking about how great a defense the Lakers were playing. They just couldn't find any consistent offense or just take advantage of the turnovers and extra possessions they were creating by the Clippers. It also didn't help that Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard was also coming off the bench playing limited minutes. So the fact that they couldn't take advantage of that was quite concerning. But they were able to keep it close. I mean, they were playing from behind most of the game. But they were able to cut into the lead. They had opportunities to <clears throat> overtake the lead, and they just couldn't capitalize. And the Clippers are showing why they're ones to be feared in the Western Conference when healthy. Well, as they get healthier, because Kawhi Leonard's not going to be a bench player or a six-man for the whole season. But <clears throat> it was nice to see Kawhi out there playing basketball. John Wall's debut... I was just kind of impressed and also just kind of shocked because the Clippers basically signed John Wall for free and just watching them play, the speed and acceleration is still there despite suffering and I believe he had an Achilles injury or a lower leg injury and then this past season he sat out because he was trying to get traded <coughs> from the Rockets. So, we haven't, we haven't seen John Wall play basketball in a long time. But he still has a speed and acceleration. Still has to find that touch again when finishing at the rim. But if John Wall can consistently blow by his defender like that, then, yeah, the Clippers are going to be dangerous. And he's also coming off the bench. Well, honestly, him and Reggie Jackson are kind of interchangeable in my eyes. But 
I think John Wall will star in a six-man role for this Clippers team. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, like, the Clippers are very exciting to watch. Also, I forgot to mention it. I think AD tweaked his back in that Clippers game because he had a hard fall. It was him and Kawhi Leonard going after a ball, and, and AD fell hard. So, that'll be interesting because I'm just – Praying that Anthony Davis has a healthy season and now he has a little back issue dealing that he's dealing with two games in, so that's great. But uh, yeah, that was pretty much it from the Thursday night game. But last night, Friday night, <sighs> there was a lot of games on Friday, and honestly, yeah, the Heat they lost to the Celtics that day. Oh, yeah, how did I forget it? How did I jump over the Pelicans? The Pelicans have been looking pretty good. Actually, let me look at the teams that are currently 2-0 and or undefeated right now. So, in the Eastern Conference, the teams that are undefeated are the Atlanta Hawks, Boston Celtics, Washington Wizards, and Milwaukee Bucks. This is as of October 22nd, 2022. So, just for reference. And then in the Western Conference, the teams that are undefeated are the Utah Jazz, Memphis Grizzlies, Portland Trail Blazers, New Orleans Pelicans, and the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, I'm going to get to the Jazz a little bit later because honestly, did not expect them to be 2-0 right now. But the Pelicans, <clears throat> another player coming back, Zion. I'm excited to see him finally playing. Had a pretty good game in his first game, then kind of slow down in the second game, but he just needs to find that consistency and I think he'll be fine. The Pelicans are they're looking like a pretty strong team right now. So I'm excited. <clears throat> they played they beat the Hornets who are currently without LaMelo Ball due to an ankle injury. But once he comes back, he's just like an instant highlight reel. So that's gonna be fun to watch. <clears throat> Man, Bulls also the Wizards not really much there. Let me see how the Trey Young and the Hawks are doing. Like they're two and zero right now. <clears throat> I know because I know John Collins has pretty much been on the trading block for like the past three or four years. Yeah, Dejounte Murray's debut on the Hawks. He's had a strong start to his career on the Hawks. <clears throat> it's we're getting a little taste of the Trey Young and Dejounte Murray backcourt, and so far it's been working out pretty perfectly. I need to watch more film about. I need to watch more film on Trey Young and Dejounte Murray to be honest, to see how well they play together. But I mean, just looking at the box scores, Dejounte Murray last night had a near triple double with four steals as well. Obviously, we know that he's going to bring the defense and the rebounding and the facilitating. But yeah, he had nine assists and Trey Young had thirteen assists, so they're doing a good job of getting everybody involved in the offense. <clears throat> so yeah that's my hopes for this upcoming week watch more Hawks games just to see how Trey Young and DeJounte Murray play together see how well that duo is because this could be a very I don't know if everyone, I don't know if anyone was like underrating this backcourt but I think that this backcourt can do a lot of damage you have Trey Young who's more offense and DeJounte Murray who's more defense who can also put up the offensive numbers if you need them to as well so I think they just complement each other really well. I'm excited to see the Hawks 
<clears throat> Knicks Pistons don't really move me if I'm being honest with you. John Moran's been going crazy at the start of the season. John Moran, he has been on a tear. 49 points against the Houston Rockets. Like he's just one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA right now. And he <clears throat> I mean they're doing this without Jaron Jackson as well. He's out with an injury as too. So I mean the Grizzlies there's I'm excited for Memphis. I, I feel like that they could go far this year in the in the West in a stacked Western Conference. But I mean I'm just looking forward to more John Morant highlights and <laughs> seeing what they can do. I mean, Jabari Smith hasn't really been off to that hot of a start as a rookie. He's not shooting the ball that well. Shot 3 of 14 last night, so he needs to find a shot. But it's like slow. He has to like ease his way back into it, I guess. It's not going to happen overnight. Speaking of rookies, hold on. Let me pull up a Kings game. See, I don't know if Keegan Murray has played yet. Because I think I remember seeing something where he's, they say he was injured. But I don't know if he's actually played yet. I think I think the Kings have only played one game so far. Yeah, Kings only played one game and Keegan Murray didn't play. But I think he'll be available to play in uh, their next game. So, I'm still waiting to see Keegan Murray on the basketball court. Um... Let me um see this. <clears throat> oh yeah, how did I forget about this? Yeah, the Mavericks and Suns. Oh my, I can't believe I literally almost overlooked the Mavericks and Suns game because that finish was wild. Okay, I just need to kind of remind myself how this game went down because the Mavericks had a huge lead over Phoenix. Like, the Mavericks dominated the first half, and then Phoenix came storming back in the second half. <clears throat> and it just went down to the wire, possession after possession. And, honestly, we I honestly thought Luka was going to do the Suns like he did them in the second-round playoffs last year, just sending them home in, in an embarrassing fashion. But the Suns came storming back, and... They won the game off of a Damian Lee game winner. That I got <laughs> that that's all you need to know about that game. A Damian Lee game winner is how the Suns won this game. And another cool another interesting tidbit about it was Chris Paul was benched in crunch time. Like down the stretch, leaning up to that Damian Lee game winner, Chris Paul was on the bench. And it wasn't like he was in foul trouble. He had he finished the game with six points, nine assists, only shot one of six. So, I mean, we saw a little bit of it last year, but Chris Paul is not the same Chris Paul. He's not going to be scoring like fifteen or twenty points. It seems like, like I just don't know what's going on. He's only he's averaging eight points and ten and a half assists through two games. So. I'm he's gonna be he's gonna be putting up like those John Stockton like numbers where it's like ten points and ten assists or something like that. Something to that effect for Chris Paul this year, it seems like. To where Devin Booker and then Aiden 
and even Mikel Bridges will take more of a scoring role to put up points. But Luka and the Mavs, Luka looked fantastic. He put on a show. Honestly, he needs to shoot the ball from three better. Two for 10 is not going to cut it. But he was 13 of 13 from the free throw line. So it's nice to see him working on his free throws because I know that's something that definitely needed room for improvement. But Luka and the Mavs team with another young superstar. Looking forward to see him play. Actually, let me see how Christian Wood did because he was an acquisition. He had 25 points in that game, and he's coming off the bench. So, <clears throat> that's just something to look out for. Did the Mavericks play two games yet? They only played one. See, a lot of teams have played one game, and some teams have played two games. So, it's kind of hard to keep track and keep count. <clears throat> but, back to the scheduling and just to see... Yeah, let me, let me talk about the Jazz. I honestly thought the Jazz were tanking. I have no idea what they're doing or what they're thinking or what motivation they have to win basketball games at this moment. Because I'm pretty sure that they were part of the tank fest for Victor Wimbenyama. And they're currently 2-0 and right now. But the Nuggets... I'm not going to be too critical on them early on. Okay, losing to the Jazz is pretty bad, but I want to talk about their game to the Warriors last night. But just skimming through this. <clears throat> I mean, Utah, like, who was really going off? <clears throat> I mean, Markinen has 17, Sexton had 20. Okay, they had a lot of bench production, so... <clears throat> I mean... Utah's going to fall back to earth sooner than later, so I'm not reading too much into this 2-0 from the Utah Jazz. I just can't. I can't even talk about that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Nuggets and Warriors. Now, this was a first round rematch that we saw last year where the Nuggets faced the Warriors. They ended up losing that series. Obviously, no Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. at that time. So, <clears throat> yeah, this was definitely uh, one of the games, one of the high marquee games of the night. <clears throat> and the Nuggets seemed like they had everything under control. They had a huge lead against the Warriors. They were up by, I want to say, almost 20 points at one time, but... I mean, we've seen this movie before where the Warriors are down by 20 and then they come out in the third quarter and just obliterate teams and storms back, which is what they did in this game. I was scoring the Mavs 36-28 in the third quarter. And then we get to the fourth quarter. The Mavs are just hanging on by the skin of their teeth. And then <clears throat> it was really the final two minutes where I'm just kind of, like, nervous for the Nuggets because they have the talent, but you could definitely see the pressure get to them when the game got tight and the Warriors start pressing them to force them to make mistakes and cause turnovers, which is what we saw. And also Steph Curry making miraculous shots and threes to just give the Warriors a little bit of chance. <clears throat> But one play that stood out was 
it happened after a made free throw by Draymond Green, I believe. Then they inbounded the ball. Jokic passed it to Bones Highline. He dribbles straight into the corner, gets trapped by Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins. Tries to throw it back to Jokic and Jordan Poole's intercepts it and lays it in. And they're only down by one, but Jokic quickly throws a touchdown pass to Bruce Brown and just extends the lead. But it's that it was the Bones Highland play that just kind of worried me about the Nuggets because, yes, they were in control for a majority of that game, but they almost gave it away because of just the pressure and the defense that the Warriors just kind of put on them. And would they be would they be able to overcome it? I know it's still early and they still have. 80 or so games, though, work it out. But it's just those little things that could be the difference of winning or losing a game or or a series because <clears throat> it, it was just a really, a really questionable moment by the Denver Nuggets during that time. And, I mean, give credit to the Warriors for fighting back despite them not playing that great. Clay didn't really shoot. Like, Poole didn't shoot that well, but, I mean, <clears throat> he had seven assists and three steals, and, I mean, Draymond Green scored more than what he usually does, but, I don't know, that was the one thing that worried me about the Nuggets, like, I, I was happy that they got the win, but they definitely have things that they need to work on, and obviously, Jamal Murray didn't play. He was he didn't play. He was a game time decision. So that's why Bruce Brown was in the starting lineup. He played pretty well. He had twenty points. Hit some big threes down the stretch. So he's definitely worked on his three point shot a lot. <clears throat> and the Nuggets and the Warriors are both one and one going into the season. Now, now I want to talk about the. Let me see about the Brooklyn Nets. I see. Okay, I watched the end of the Toronto and Brooklyn Nets game that went on last night. And I mostly wanted to see how Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and KD played together. And they were all on the court at the same time, coming down the stretch. And <clears throat> so it, it was just mostly kind of what I've expected. Ben Simmons being the primary ball handler with KD and Kyrie off ball. Um... Still kind of like doing ISO, doing their own thing. But, I mean, the Nets team, I mean, they only played four guys off the bench. <clears throat> and it was Royce O'Neal that hit a big three to kind of seal the deal to win the game for Toronto. <clears throat> but the Nets right now, so far, they look pretty solid. KD had 27. Kyrie had 30. Ben Simmons had a stat line of 6, 10, and 8. <clears throat> I mean, right so right now, so far, so good. Everything's positive in Brooklyn. No issues, no drama. And, oh, wait. Claxton had 19 and 11? Oh, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if they can count on that every night now. Claxton with the 19.11 rebound performance. I might need to go back and rewatch some highlights of that. But they edge out a win over the Raptors 109 to 105. Pascal Siakam had an amazing performance with 37, 12, and 11. But it wasn't enough. <clears throat> but 
just want to see if there's any other games that I wanted to touch on before I just overall give my overall impression of the season and just see what teams are surprising and which teams are being disappointment so far. <clears throat> okay, so, I mean, those were pretty much <clears throat> all the games that I wanted to talk about or the ones that just kind of want to, like, elaborate more on. Obviously, excited for the first week of the NBA. There's going to be games going on later tonight. So, I'm excited to watch that. Um, I was thinking about doing a power, start doing, them, like, my top five power rankings, top five teams in the league. But, again, some teams have only played one game, and you can't really judge much off of one game. So, I'll start doing my top five power rankings next week, just to get my top five and who I think are moving up and who are moving down. And... Just try to catch more games and try to pick out more things and just kind of overanalyze or whatnot. But my general impression of this week, it was <clears throat> pretty interesting. Obviously, some surprises up there. You got Washington 2-0. and Is Porzingis finally healthy? I, I mean, healthy Porzingis and the Wizards are pretty competitive, it seems like. Um, <clears throat> I mean, obviously the biggest disappointment is the Miami Heat for me. They're 0-2. I mean, the same can be said about the Sixers being 0-2 as well, but they played two of the best top teams of the East, so I'm not really going to sweat it that much. In the West, you got Utah 2-0. That's not going to last, so let's be real. They're not going to be 2-0 for long. I mean, Memphis are off to a hot start. Portland is off to a hot start. I need. I might need to check in some Portland Trailblazers games at this week. But uh, yeah. So so far so good. Like my top two teams. Like I have the Bucks and Nuggets as my finals matchup. Both looking pretty solid. Nuggets need to clean up on late game in a game situations, but I think they're gonna be a pretty good team. <clears throat> and Milwaukee's just. Let's just see how good their record is going to be and how they work Chris Middleton back in from injury. Because if they have a pretty good record, then they can afford to just kind of ease his way back in, come off the bench like Kawhi Leonard did. And <clears throat> the other thing is looking solid. I still need to check out some Cavs games because I want to see how Donovan Mitchell is playing. Well, I, th I think Gar Garland missed the first game, so... I no, Garland got injured the first game, so I wasn't really able to see that. I just want to see how him and Diamond Mitchell play together. So I definitely need to start going some Cavs games sometime this week. There's a lot of things I need to do and just try to get an overall understanding of how good these teams are. But with it being like the... But teams only playing two games so far. It's kind of hard to gauge to see the direction each team is going to go. But, yeah. And then, 
obviously see if the Lakers will win the game this this week, but I'm not holding my breath much on that. And but yeah, my overall impressions was pretty good. But I mean, yeah, that's pretty much all I have for today's episode. Sorry if I sounded pretty sick. I've just been nursing a sore throat for most of the week. And I might sound a little different, but just wanted to apologize about that with sounding a little bit sick. Just trying to muster my way through this podcast episode and... Try to drink a lot of water as I can. It's always important to stay hydrated. Even if it even if it's not sunny outside, you always need water in your system, man. So yeah, I'ma definitely get some water after I get done recording here. But that's all I have today for the basketball mind pod for the basketball mind podcast. I hope you'll have a good day and I'll see you all next week.